You're listening to Podcast with Yoshi Obayashi. Hey, thanks for listening to new episode Yoshiden. I'm in St. Helena, California. And finally, I am able to interview Kathy Buck, the proprietor of uh, um, Camille. Cameo. Cameo Cinema. And um, um, Kathy, thanks for doing. Sorry, I'm stuttering, for God's sake. <laughs> I, know, I know you because I'm friend with your son, Jason. He's been very generous with me. And, you know, of course, you too invited me up here. and. I, not only your beautiful theater, but you know I appreciate you really introducing me to Napa Valley and people here, and it's just amazing up here. So thanks, and um, I'm, I'm 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 glad you could have a time to talk with me for a little bit. And of course, we're here with your dog at the yeah. movie theater, Murray, the mascot of the theater. Thanks, Yossi. So I, I mentioned your theater before in like five or six episodes in the beginning. So can we talk first about your theater? Then we want to talk about you and, you know, sure. city of St. Helena. Um, the Cameo Cinema is one of the oldest single screen theaters in the country. It was um, started in 1913 um, and al- always as a theater. And it's right on Main Street. And so... It's exciting because being the oldest, um, we turned 100 last May. Um, and we're also, um, I got on the um, technical bandwagon, so to speak, early. We were one of the first theaters to put in the new digital projector. And then this last year, we put in Dolby's new Atmos sound system. And as far as I know to date, we're the only single screen theater in the country to have that kind of a sound system. So. Even though we are old school and comfortable and just one of those really great gems, we're also technically one of the most advanced screening rooms in the country. And and not only that, but you also bring old school customer service because you're the. I know mean, I'm 44, so I've been to movie theaters all over the world and been to many sh- movies, but I've never had one single person, the manager or whatnot, or proprietor of business, saying thanks for coming to the theater and. You even speak front of the uh, before the movie. Yeah, uh, uh, you know everybody says, "Wow, you do a great job," but it's kind of what I want, what I expect. And in a community, um, I wanted to keep that tradition that of what par- people grew up with. So we always welcome people. We know a lot of people by faces, but being Napa Valley, we get a lot of visitors. Um, I like to tell about upcoming events that we're doing, you know, if we've got a guest speaker coming in for Q&A, you know, any of the programs, movies that are outside the mainstream, because we do show mainstream, but we show a lot of art film, independent film, foreign films. And then afterwards, you know, I, I've taught my staff, and and when I'm here, I thank people for coming to the movies, and also it kind of opens up if they want to talk about what they just saw, but it's you know very much a town hall is what I wanted to create. And I I I think you know I think people in movie business sensitive because there's a lot of piracy and downloading, mm. and I guess you could watch many of these movies at home, but there's communal thing. You know when you watch a really good movie, I notice like you're saying goodbye to a lot of them, but also I I notice 
after right after the movie they want to go to coffee shop and actually talk about what just saw you know it's it's yeah. a wonderful experience and and it's it's too bad that many movie theaters don't do that you know just beside you i think maybe arc line in la or something yeah uh, there are the, some of the landmark theaters arc light um you know a lot the the other thing that's really kind of sets us apart as a small single screen theater is that a lot of times these poor these poor theaters are get run down because there's not um, the financial um, stability like you do in a multiplex. So we're lucky. The community has gotten behind. Um, we call it Friends of the Cameo, and they help us to keep this theater going, and we keep it up in just pristine condition. Um, and and so when they bring their guests, they're proud to bring their guests here to the theater. They bring their families friends uh visitors come in and are just wow sure. that's the best part and and i think you, you're the great face of the franchise <laughs> and you're educating people about movies too you yeah. know and I, I i really like that um and you also i guess because of the quality service you also bring really interesting guests sometimes customers themselves are really interesting people like you were telling me Brian Cranston from the Breaking Bad was here. Yeah, he was in the Valley. He and his wife were in for, uh, I think, a romantic weekend. It was uh, anniversary, I believe. And they went to dinner at a local restaurant, and they came to a late-night show, an 8.30 screening of um, a movie. And, you know, they they were just one of one of the patrons here and um it you never know it's that's the nice part everybody here has a story and they're mm. very interesting people come from all over the world to napa valley and a lot of people settle here and come from different walks of life um, but they all expect and want that comfort zone that that community spirit and that's what we try to give them here so can we can we talk maybe a little bit of your background? We'll go back into detail who else come <laughs> here and all the festivals you you do. Um, sure. So you 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 were born and raised in Michigan. Or? Yep, I'm a Michigander. Um, I came out here about nine years ago. Um, my daughter was in San Francisco doing a fellowship in women's health and AIDS research, and I came to Napa Valley and uh, the my my kids and I and we did a wine tasting weekend and I went wow. This is a beautiful place, and um, oops, Murray had something to say about that. Sorry, and um, then I just kept coming back and visiting. And um, after mm, about nine months, I decided to move here, and I wanted to live in Napa Valley. I didn't know what I was going to do. So this the whole movie business wasn't your plan. Oh no, I was a realtor for twenty-one years in in Michigan. Never lived anywhere outside of Michigan, and packed myself up, lock, stock, and barrel, and came to the Napa Valley. At that time, my daughter got into medical school back in Chicago, and she left. So mm -hmm. it was just myself. And um, I worked in the winery business, of course. That's the thing to do here, until the theater came up for sale. And um, well, What was the circumstance? Why were they selling the plays? You know, the theater um, was actually, um, it's gone through a, a, about four owners total in the last hundred years and the last owner was a woman Charlotte Wagner and um, at that time the theater was um, had very few seats that weren't broken mm -hmm. and your foot would go through the wooden floor sometimes and you got here really quickly so you could get a working seat and she spent uh, this is about 16 years ago she spent the money and renovated the theater she ran it 
uh, for about 11 years, and um, it's a hard business, and she was ready to retire, and, and so she put the business itself up for sale, and um, there were a lot of people that were looking at it, a lot of nonprofit organizations, because that's usually what happens to single screen theaters. They uh, either are bought up by a franchise mm-hmm. and brought, brought in as their art theater, or a nonprofit buys them up, and um, because so, it's really tough to compete, right? Oh, it's it's impossible. A single screen theater cannot survive on its own without community support. Mm-hmm. It's it's trying to get the movies in is difficult. You know the the blockbuster movies. You know the studios. They the little guys don't matter anymore. That's you know that's just the bottom line. It's just a bonus for them. So they don't really care. They, they don't even want to give you a chance to. Uh, I know you can't go. You can't go head to head. And and the most of the reason is because of lo- the longevity of how long you have to show a movie. I see. You know, in a small town where people come to the movies every week, uh, you can't hold a movie for three or four weeks. You know, you're you're losing your audience. So. You know, you have to be creative. A, a single screen, right now I program between 11 and 15 movies a month, which is huge for a single screen. It's like having two or three screens, but it, it gives us a great variety. Yeah, so so that brought me here. The theater was up for sale. Um, I approached the owner and said, you know, I don't know anything, but I'm a hard worker, and she said yes, and the rest I mean, just sugar. like that. Did she? Yeah, she was. She was pretty cool. Um, the landlady. I don't own the building. the The landlady is uh, Lydia Money, and it, it, her family actually built the movie theater in in 1913. Oh my god! And um, so this this building has been in her family for um, three generations now. So it, it does have a sentimental. Value. It does. Yeah. yeah. So I had to. Uh, I approached both the landlady and Charlotte and said, you know. I, all I have is my time and hard work and a vision, and they liked what I had to say, so they sold me the business. She taught me the business, and at that time it was film, so I had to learn about film. And within, I think, a year of purchasing it, the it was all going to go to digital, and I could see that conversion coming. So I got on the front of the bus, and we were one of the first theaters to put in a digital projector. Um, so what did your daughter and your sons, I mean, Jason, think? Because, <laughs> because you know, you might as well say you're going to buy a zoo or something. Exactly, which I'd like to have a zoo sometime, yeah. <laughs> so that's okay. Um, they thought it was crazy and exciting. Uh, they're all, all three of my kids are supportive because, um, you know, it keeps you young. When you have to reinvent yourself sure. over and over again, and the learning curve was tough. When I first came here learning the wine business, or a little bit of the wine business, and I only know a tip of it, um, was exhausting, it was frustrating and rewarding. And then to turn around in less than two years and learn a whole new career uh, was overwhelming. But they've always been great supporters. Um, My one son, Jeremy, has helped me here at the Cameo. Jason just loves to come to the movies. Sure. He doesn't help, <laughs> but he, but he's a good supporter. And and they just have been my fans. So I love it. So what what was it like the first year? I mean, ooh, a lot of tears. Um, <laughs> um, understanding it, getting to know the equipment, actually meeting people. You know, this is a small town too. A lot of people have moved here, um, but they didn't know me from Adam, and so they were apprehensive. Um, but I jumped in with two feet and really started um, building um, building friendships, mm-hmm. uh, building uh, trust, 
and um you know they knew that i was working hard to bring them the best of what i what what could happen so, so when you took it it was still an operational right it was just oh yeah it was it was uh still an operation that brought an existing business um you had to you know hire staff we hire high school and college kids and train them um the lady who was here before that owned it had a, a manager and she left at the same time and um you know sometimes the first time i came to the theater um when i moved here because i had no idea i was going to own the theater it wasn't for sale when i first moved here i came to a movie by myself and um i think it was not a very good movie but it was entertaining and there was only like 10 people here in the audience she primarily did independent art films okay and um when i came out there was no staff around there was nobody and i thought wow this is this an honor system theater that the last person out shuts the lights off and locks the door because um the manager had a different philosophy than i did and people didn't the staff didn't stand down and thank stand in the lobby and thank people for sure. coming and that so you know those were some of the big key changes that i made when i first started doing announcements uh, up on stage majority of the people liked it the few who did not let me know it but it didn't matter it was you know it was my theater and i thought it was better to inform people what was going on than to not i i really wanted to have a have a human connection uh with the people here in the community and i so agree with you because people are more inclined to support something if they feel like they're part of something it's, it's not any more different than sports team when you feel like you support something that's part of you, you know? Right. And the fact that you listen to them, both positive and negative, I think they like that. And um, I, I don't know why not enough places will do that because I think for you, it's, a necess it's necessary to, you know, yeah. stay alive. And, yeah. uh, but so was there anything surprising when you started taking over? Like you, you, there are certain problems oh. that you didn't anticipate? Well, it sounds really romantic to say, oh, I own a movie theater. Sure. Wow. There are so many little pieces that go on behind the scenes that um, the number of duties is overwhelming. It's really surprising, you know, how much goes on j before you even show a movie. You know, that's kind of like, that's the end. Ta-da. That's like having your dessert. And... Um, so getting to know the technical stuff, when I started the theater, um, there was not a computer ticketing system. Mm -hmm. It was all just a cash drawer and you gave out little paper carny tickets. Are you serious? <laughs> I am. They didn't take credit cards. Uh, it was all cash basis. And um, so there was a very, very limited uh, website. And so we had to create a website. Um, I chose not to change the name from the cameo. Um, in the beginning, um, I toyed with changing it to Bijou, Bijou meaning jewel box, but the cameo is a, has, a, has a good brand to it. So kept that. Um, you had to get your own suppliers. You had to have a booking agent to book the films, um, had to hire staff training. Just it, the list goes on and on. I mean, I've taught kids how to repair a popcorn machine, which you have to learn. You know, you gotta sometimes put a paper clip in there to hold it together, and you know, it's it's all that. So we've come a long way, baby, and I I really mean that. Um, a lot of long, long, long hours put in to run in the theater. And, and you know, because you're a real estate person, you have to be a salesperson, and <laughs> I know you're you're good at dealing with people. Um, 
and I think you were telling me for many of these young kids, it's their first job. It's oh, very yeah. significant thing in their life. So what, what, over the years, you must see kids work here, leave, go to college. You the know, good news is I've had to let very few kids go. Um, sometimes it's just you know it doesn't work out to both of our expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've mentored a lot of kids. Um, I hold them accountable uh, for one taking care of money, counting money for customer service. Uh, one of the biggest things is to um, teach kids how to look in people's eyes, sure. to make eye contact. And we're also, you know, we say please and thank you and really appreciate your business and, you know, just try to be as helpful as we can. So for a lot of kids, you know, just having that responsibility is good. Um, not all the kids learn how to um you know, start a movie in that there are different jobs. I have my closers who, mm-hmm. you know, have that ability to do the money and, and um, start the projector and, and build up movies. And then the rest of them are just, you know, they, they're cashiers. They do the cleaning. They do the stocking. You know, they do those kinds of things. But we, we employ um, nine, usually nine part-time kids, and we work around their school schedule. And like I said, they're either in the local college jc or in high school so and and how long have you had the theater again i mean a little over six years okay yeah so some of those kids have gone to college and everything oh yeah yeah they've uh uh, well one of them is now an animator at dreamworks who worked for me from college is Um, that right yeah he's he's at he's at dreamworks uh, another one is a cpa um we've got a couple kids that are in college now um, that have been with me. Usually, you know, most of my staff, when they start with me, will work um, either through their college years or through their high school years. So my turnover is not really high. I mm-hmm. usually have people for two to three years at a time. And in fact, um, the man who's, young man who's now working for me has graduated from college. He's been with me for four years, and um, I'm, he's taken on the kind of manager's role because as you build the community hall, your duties increase. You know, you've got more um, special events that you're doing. You're working with more nonprofit organizations. So there's a lot more meetings. It's not just showing a movie at night. So he's, he's my tech guy. Plus, there's a lot of technical stuff that keeps growing with this business. So how, how long did it take before you start feeling confident like you could run this thing? Because it's, <laughs> it's, 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 you know, it's tough whenever you're taking a new business. I'd say a good year, mm-hmm. um, a good year. Um, in that year, learning to work with film, how to put a movie together, uh, was a process in itself. Visually, I look at it like a string of elephants mm-hmm. in a line. You have to the trunk is attached to the tail, and sure. you know, vice versa. And in those days, you would have to um, watch the movie ahead of time so that you were sure that you'd put it together right. The digital age has made things a lot smoother. So then there was a whole year, year and a half where some of your movies were only done in film and other ones were done in digital. So you you could have both conceivably going on in the same day. And then um, over the last uh, couple of years, it's been primarily digital. digital. And we just now took out the 35 millimeter projector uh, from upstairs. Mm-hmm. Was that a sad moment or? <laughs> well, Yes and no. For myself, uh, when I see a movie, 
Um, I don't like to hear the whirling of the platters, and I don't like to see the light flickers oh, that are on mm-hmm. film. A lot of people enjoy that nostalgia, uh, but especially if a film's been been screened a lot, you've got you know pieces where they've had to splice. You know, your film might have caught burned up because it got stuck in the projector. I see. You know, you know, sound editing isn't the same quality. So I think today people get a much more visually and um, from sound a better quality than what we were getting a couple years ago. And, and was there a moment where this was worth it? There must have been like a first <laughs> moment like, you know, with even all the doubts and hard work and, you know, I'm sure it was scary to take long on a big business like this. Well, we've done it all without loans. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, it's some days you don't know <laughs> if your doors are going to open. You know, it's it's a day-to-day cash business. But, um, you know, as people were coming to the movies and, and they were saying thanks for doing this and they shared their stories, you know, there's a lot of people here who had first dates at the at yeah. this theater. Um, first time taking their kid to a movie. It's first time taking yeah. their kids to a movie. Kids who come, uh, you know, you know, they tell me their stories. They share, you know, about stuff that it's important to them. So all those moments, just when you think you can't do it another day, somebody says something and tells you a story that you go, okay, I'm in again. I'm in again. You know, it's like any job. But I, I got to say, um, for the most part, the kind of job I do, people come to be entertained and they come and they leave in a good mood you know it's it's a happy place it's not it's not a place where people go oh my god i got to go to the movies no it's something that they want to do so that makes it exciting and fun and um i like seeing all the different generations i love when grandparents bring their kids to the movies yeah. and um yeah I, I i like it i like to be able to um bring a diversity of story um, so we've done a little bit of everything. I don't. I don't think there's pretty much any movie we haven't we haven't tried or any genre that we haven't tried here at the Cameo. But did you, do you remember like one moment, uh, like mm, one special moment? Was well, it like a I, festival? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, there's um, what I did was I bought the theater. I was trained in uh, the month of December and took it over in January. And one of the things that I started was on New Year's Day, I would do a free movie to the community as a thank you mm-hmm. for their support. And um, everybody turned out. It was a full house. And it was all ages. And usually it's a classic movie. Now we vote. We have six choices and we vote on what's going to be shown. I, I was trying to think what was the very first one. It might have been Casablanca. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. But people, you know, that was the moment when you sit in here and you announce and you wish everybody a happy, happy uh, new year and a prosperous new year. We gave out fortune cookies mm. and everybody's <clears throat> faces and, and the, just the joy. I think that's when I knew I'd pick something that, w- that touched my heart and meant a lot to me. Cause, because we're kind of running out of like a communal thing, you know? know. And um, I remember even as a kid when I went to see Return of Jedi the first day and next week, following week on Monday, that's all everyone talk about. And I, I think people are having less, I mean, sometimes some major TV event or movie, but 
I love that going to movie theater with friends and uh, make an event over that, you know, big special movie. Yep. And spending time with your family because these days people are spending less and less time with their kids and, you know. That's that's so true. This year, um, you know, it was interesting because we did our, uh, our voting on the movies and one of the choices um, was Mary Poppins. And um, that was the movie that actually won the vote. And I wanted it because the movie Saving Mr. Banks was coming out, which was, you know, the story behind Mary the making, po- of, the making Mary of Mary Poppins. Yeah. Tom Hanks and was great. Yeah, Tom Hanks was great. Um, and Emma Thompson. And so we had this full house. But what was wonderful is it went from age probably five to 90. I had a little girl that came dressed as Mary Poppins, the straw hat, oh, the whole right? bit. And, and when I sat in here and I watched, and some of these kids had never seen, you know, a lot of, uh, up for a lot, mm. lot of age, had never seen Mary Poppins on the big screen, um, you know, because they were too young. And I turned around, and I was sitting in the front row, and I turned around and looked, and every face from little kid to 90 years old was in rapture of this movie. There, the expressions, the joy, you know, it was like what was in Saving Mr. Banks that, you know, for generations to come, he wanted to create something that was memorable that families could enjoy. And um, the power of story is just so strong. You know, Dallas Buyers Club, to tell that story this year, what a strong movie. Um, you know, there's there's so much. So I like to to be able to influence or to bring to people stuff that will give them some inspiration to have a talk with their kids about. I see a lot of families that come to the movies, and I like that. And that, uh, um, was it Matthew and Jared Little? Mm. I, I think movies like that, it's great because, you know, how do you, how do you teach people to be more sympathetic to people that you don't really hang out? And like movies are a really safe way to expose you to that world and you know people are easy to point finger and judge people but movies is a really nice way to help people sympathize you know and to sympathize and when you're sitting in a movie with a group of people versus at home you feel the energy you hear the sighs the gas the laughter you know the tears you <laughs> mm-hmm. know and it really is um all the senses you experience it with all the senses so i i think it's powerful movies are so powerful and influence people in so many ways throughout time and you can hear it when you talk to people and they a lot of people remember the first movie they ever saw you know and um you know, there's there's a lot of violence and stuff in movies too today. But you know, some of that's what's going on in the world. So you 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 can't close your ha- eyes off to it. You know, yeah. and and be that way. Okay. Well, let me hold on. Uh, here we. Go. Okay, we're back. Um, I don't I don't remember. <laughs> Merge back. No, I I, I like uh, places like this because, you know, I don't, I don't want to say it's a good taste. But sometimes young kids don't know. Like sometimes kids are like prejudiced against black and white film. And some of the greatest treasures oh. out there in black and white. Um, I told my friend's kid to watch Roman Holiday, and that that was dumb. But like when you start watching, how beautiful that thing is, you know. And not to mention, I, I I've been watching a lot of old Japanese film, Kurosawa, and you know, Tokyo Story, and all this. By There's o- some great m- movies. movies by Ozawa, and. and 
Yeah, it's it's. I'm I'm glad you're doing this. I think you're doing a community service, because um, um, I think I think I think when I was a kid, I used to do a lot of bowling. That's that was like a community thing. Ro- yeah, roller skating. Yeah, that too. And movie <laughs> movie theaters are fantastic way of doing. What's other like a major events do you have annually? I, I know you have a film festival at times. Yep, we um we do a couple of things. About four years ago, I wanted to uh, give kids the power to create stories. I mean, they do YouTube's, they do videos, they do everything else. So we started. Um, it's really small, but it's called a family film festival over Memorial Day weekend. And uh, we show different movies that are about kids or dealing with kids' issues. Uh, we do animation workshops with some of our friends from Pixar. Um, and then um, the big thing is about kids screening their movies. So they create shorts. Um, there's no specific genre. They can do from PSA to a drama to an animated film. And we show them all. And um, then there's prizes for the winner, and the prizes can be an iPad or a GoPro camera, something that encourages them to keep on with that. And then um, three years ago, the Napa Valley Film Festival started up. That's in November, and um, it's just growing. And we are one of the screening venues, and they do about 110 movies over a five-day period all over the valley and they have a lot of the filmmakers there's sneak peeks of studio movies Weinstein's a big um, uh, participant in that and uh, they bring in some of the stars from the movie a lot of the directors a lot of independent films that will never see distribution it's phenomenal we show about 21 movies in five days just here at the theater oh wow it's it's special we also do um, some live events We'll be doing it again this year. We did it four years ago. We do the World Cup Soccer Finals where we have them live on the screen and it's free to the community and we get uh, full houses and from, you know, the locals, the vineyard workers, the winemakers, the the retirees to visitors who are in the valley. Because I, I think um, you're helping people for sure because didn't you tell me two hours before the things open? There's a group of Latino gentlemen that works in probably in the foreign community. This is their opportunity to watch, and yep. you invi- you give them a chance. I mean, they're diehard fans of oh. uh, football, soccer, yeah. and it was packed. And didn't you tell me um, <laughs> you had a very special? I mean, they're all special, but you also have yeah. a couple of Secret Service people. You want to tell them that story? Oh, it's a great story. First of all, when we show the Mexico games, the, the locals come and their faces have. They painted the flag on. Oh, They'll come yeah. with the flag. I mean, f- soccer is, you know, huge in in different parts and that. So we did the World Cup finals, of course, and uh, the Netherlands was there. And um, we opened the doors an hour before, and we filled this place. We filled it to capacity. And about five minutes before the game, we had some Secret Service people come in and <laughs> I, I, I kind of had an idea who the person they were scouting out for um and it was at that time speaker of the house nancy pelosi and her family and they were coming to watch like everybody else so a couple of my local patrons gave up their seats to her and her husband and son the rest of them kind of sat on the floor with us and the secret service had to wait out in the lobby because we didn't have any room for them but we had you look around and you had every walk of life 
uh, you know, people from all over the world and they're all celebrating this wonderful event and cheering for their team. It was great. It was phenomenal. And for those of you listening to this uh, episode and you don't live in the States, Nancy Pelosi was number three. So it's it's the succession is president, vice president, and speaker of the house. So yeah. she's the very powerful. She comes from a very powerful uh, political political family mm-hmm. from San Francisco. So, But she was just like a regular person that oh, day yeah. watching the yeah, game. Yeah, no, she was cheering for her team. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it was fun. And she had her grandkids here. Um and then we had a family from the Netherlands, and of course they're in the finals. And this man stood up and he sang the national anthem at, at in Dutch. In Dutch, and when <laughs> they were playing, when the team came out, he's standing up in the middle of the audience and singing it to his heart's content. And uh, it was fun because he was a film. He is a film historian. And what's his name? Um, uh, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that, Egbert. Egbert is his first name, and um, he came back for our centennial birthday last year and gave a little bit of history on on the power of film. So you never know what's going to happen here at the Cameo. And I think you also told me you were looking for a movie that, 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 that yep. played on the very first day, and you couldn't find it, and this gentleman helped you. Find it, yeah. right. There was, um, when the theater opened in 1913, um, there was it was silent film error, and the movie was called Kings of the Forest. And um, the cameo today seats 140 people. It's the same size as it was in 1913, and it sat 400 people in 1913. And it was a full house with 100 people standing. Um, so I reached out to L.A. to the film archives. And um, that movie, and it was done by a company out of L.A., which um, didn't make it through the Depression. Um, but that's where the MGM Lions came from. They were there with this company in the beginning, the Sea League Company, and oh. then um, that he had uh, like a zoo. He took in old animals, and most of his movies had animals in them. And then the lions went and became part of the MGM. But so I reached out to Egbert. I was sent him an email. I said, "Is it possible that you could see if there's anybody that has a copy?" Well, he found one copy still in existence today, which is amazing. Which is amazing, and. Um, I didn't want them to send me the film, so they made me a DVD and they sent it to me. And uh, we showed it here at um, our kickoff for our year celebration and our 100th birthday. And we had a uh, piano uh, local uh, musician <laughs> who did a musical score. So people got to experience a real silent movie. And, uh, you know, I, I, I love hearing stories like that because it's just. It almost sounds like a dream to me because mo- <laughs> I'm telling you, 98% of theaters don't don't do that, you know. And I'm I'm lucky here. Um, you know, we have one of um, the most influential families, and I'm going to say families in movie history that I- their home is here, and that's the Coppola family, and Francis and his wife Eleanor, and actually the whole family are avid supporters of the Cameo. This is his theater. Um, he has um, shared evenings with us. Uh, he literally is the godfather, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. he is the godfather. <laughs> oh, yes, he is. Um, Sophia has shared her movies. Roman's been here. Uh, and just recently, we had Gia Coppola here, um, his granddaughter, who did a, a great movie um, that's being released um, this spring and summer called Palo Alto. And she came at Christmas time 
um, with one of the stars, James Franco, and um, they were here at the Cameo, and we saw, saw the movie, and they did a Q&A. And Wait, but did they know James Franco was going to be here, or was that... Uh, no, that was a surprise. It, uh, actually, we called it a mystery movie, um, because um, <laughs> when it's not released, yeah. the studios are very selective, and they kind of... You know, they don't want anybody else out there screening it. It it had played at the Toronto Film Festival. Sure. So it had done um, some of the festival circuit. Um, but um, I didn't know till Christmas Day that James was going to be with Gia. And, uh, you know... Was, was the theater filled with young oh, women? The, <laughs> <laughs> no, the theater... Because we, um, we gave out tickets for the event. Um, it's, again, a, a complimentary screening. Sure. And uh, but word got around that he was going to be there, so we did have a lot of young ladies coming in and checking it out. But I have to say, the family was here. They're always very supportive of um, not a, not only each other's movies, um, but in cinema in general, and um, really gracious. And everybody had pictures taken, and and James was interesting and and wonderful and approachable. It just was one of those very intimate nights. Francis has done a couple of things for the cameo, and he did. He he was a great storyteller. He was here, and we did a screening, and um, he did his Q and A. And it was it was late night for us in a small town. It was about uh, it was after midnight, and he was still telling stories. Oh man! And nobody got up and left because you know when you can hear how he made The Godfather, you know, behind the scenes of Apocalypse Now, what movies have influenced him, you know, where he started out in film, you know, it, it's pretty remarkable. And I think his wife worked on Heart of Darkness, which is a documentary about Apocalypse she is, Now. She, yep, she's a documentary filmmaker, and she did um, Hearts of Darkness. We showed that here. Eleanor, it's so good. Oh, she's so good, and she's so gracious. Um, yeah, she's, she's, the whole family has the most amazing talent. I mean, when you think... And Nicolas Cage is their nephew. Yeah, yeah. Nicolas Cage, um, the director of the movie Goats that came out last year, is also a family member. It's widespread. Now, Gia, this was her first movie, and uh, James convinced her to do it because she, she wasn't thinking about going into the industry but um she's is that right yeah and she's she's pretty young isn't she yeah she looks her and sophia there's definitely a family resemblance and she's so wonderful yeah she's she's great she just recently moved to new york her mom came with her to the movie yeah it was a it was just a special night Mm -hmm. so what what do you think like why does that family have so much creative uh, talent? I mean, I don't know. They have like a, a a vein of gold running through their their bodies because they're just, you know, it might just be the the supportive nature of starting with Francis. You know, um, most of them have worked on his movies. You know, even you know being just <coughs> somebody to schlep stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Zoetrope is here in the valley, so you know there's the, all the. That's editing. part of the, his winery, right? Uh, uh, American Zoetrope yeah. is yeah a studio uh, film studio that they do the editing and sound and um, you know we had uh, Roman's la- last movie and it, it's boy and they all have this creative vein that's a different way of telling story too that's really unique in style and so it's always fun yeah right now i don't think the none of the family has any movie uh currently working i know francis is writing um i'm not sure if sophia 
There's nothing coming out soon other than Gia's movie. I'm so biased, but Lost in Translation. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel like what a nice portrayal of Japan. But the latest movie that she with uh, Bling Ring. I, what, oh, that? Bling Ring. Yeah. Loved Bling Ring. We had that here. Yeah. I yeah. loved it when I read it about it in Vanity Fair. And um, yeah, she she really understands youth culture. Mm. She nailed it from the music to the, the way it was shot, everything about it. And people walked out of the movie going, uh, you know, because a lot of my demographic is a little older, going, wow, that movie was so bizarre. I go, but that was the reality. That's the way these kids were thinking and doing. Palo Alto has some of that same feel. It's mm-hmm. really, really well done. Really well done. So I recommend that movie to, to viewers out there, too. So. Can we talk uh, a couple other guests and then, then some of your opinions about Oscar? And uh, oh, then sure. we'll, let you, we'll let you go because I know you'll, um, <laughs> you'll puppy have to. Some well, I got to do a movie. So, oh, a movie yeah, stuff, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so you also get Robert Redford in here too. Well, um, Robert Redford is also local to the valley. Um, he doesn't you, call, he doesn't come to the movies publicly. Okay, but he's used the theater for screening. Um, he rented the theater the last time uh, to do a, a technical screening for his movie Conspirator. Um, that came out a couple years ago and he had all all his tech people his cameraman his music guy they were all here and um he was here he's he is so gracious and just super super sweet um the wonderful thing about um about robert though is when he's got a new movie coming out which we which he had this last year um all is lost um, you know, I can write to him and say, can you put in a good word so the cameo can get it early on? Mm-hmm. And he does, and we do, and it's it's great. By the way, that was an incredible movie. Um, I, I I really, really enjoyed it. So I love his work, and, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a behind-the-scenes supporter of the cameo and the fact that, you know, if it, if there's something he can do to help us be able to show a movie, I've not had a Q and A with him yet, but I'm I've not given up hope. Yeah. So I always ask, and most of the time, he's out uh, promoting his new movie or he's working on something else. He's, you know, he's got a lot on his plate right now. It seems like he's he's back into you know just being super super active. Um, but he put a star on the wall, and he's definitely a resident of the valley here. So, but I'm I'm kind of curious. Like, here's a girl from Michigan meeting Robert Redford, <laughs> one of the biggest movie stars of all time, and I heard nothing but wonderful things about him. And what's that like when you meet him the first time? That's gotta be surreal, right? I it, mean, it's it's well, when they first called me, I thought it was a, a still joke. Good looking, I mean, he is a oh, very he's handsome man. Handsome, handsome, handsome. Um, a funny story about that day. So when they first called, I thought it was a joke. And I thought, well, you know, maybe it's not a joke. So I called back and we set it up for a time when the theater was dark. And at that time, I had a woman working for me named Carol. And um, she was of the same age group as Robert Redford. And so I said, well, we're going to work. Nobody else is knowing about this. And my brother came in from Florida. He's a big fan, too. And Carol was smitten. I mean, it's hard not to be smitten with with people say Bob um, because he is very handsome, so handsome. And his personality is so soft spoken. He's not like overpowering. He's he's a very humble man. Yeah. And Carol looked at him and she wanted to show him the theater because, you know, she's very proud of it. And she goes, 
and we have love seats. Can I show you? And he <laughs> didn't know what to say. And I burst. wait. What is that? Love seats are back. Three rows are double seats. So they're oh, love the, seats. Oh, I didn't even notice it. They're like you... a little couch. Ah, so, you notice it now. Yeah. Um, so she said that to him and he looked like a deer caught in the headlights, but he was so gracious. I started laughing and then I said, there's other seats in there too. And, um, but he was, you know, he is, he's a mega star, but he makes you feel so comfortable. You know, it's, he, he could be anybody that, you know, you just walked into on the streets and that, and, um, so I thought that was great. We've had some big stars in town because it's Napa Valley. And I'm sad to say they don't stop by the cameo. And so maybe, Yoshi, with your podcast, they'll hear oh, yeah. I mean, seriously, it's the business. And to be one of the most beautiful single screen theaters in the country, it, everybody should come by. If you're in Napa Valley, come by and check out the cameo. They really need to because it's, it's, it, this whole area is spectacular. And unlike Los Angeles, which I love, nighttime you could look at the sky you see the stars, stars it's yeah. so clear yeah. it's beautiful it's clean and just um it makes you feel good to be here the f- um, unbelievable restaurants you know you have so many michelin star restaurants here and the food is great people are very polite you don't you don't have to worry about crime there's none of that it's just such a wonderful relaxing place it's it's oz i say mm-hmm. i live in oz and i mean it it's it's a combination of oz and mayberry <laughs> so I don't know what's what it is. It's that old home feeling, but it's there's magic. There's magic here everywhere. Um, I I think through Mr. Redford, you also met someone from Pixar. Did I? Uh, yeah. Um. So so when his technical people were here, uh, his cameraman had worked on Hurt Locker, um, and his sound guy I believe had six Os- Oscars from uh, movies that he did at Pixar. Um, so we kept in contact, and through through that contact, he introduced me to a man named Andrew Gordon, who's um, uh, been with Pixar since Bugs Life. He's one of their top animators. And for the last three years, he's come to the cameo, and he's helped me with animation workshops and done a presentation. And That's he's amazing. Just a, I mean, when I say animation workshops, it, what's these are free to kids. They get to be hands-on with some of the top people in the industry working with and hearing and learning from. And it's, yeah, it's unbelievable. When I think about the people I've come in contact with, I do have to pinch myself um, because a, a girl from Michigan ending up in a place that's just, it's, it's like you fell and you ended up on the other side of the rainbow. And that's true. Because you, Kathy, you, you have you have to realize you're gonna have a trickle down effect on people. These kids are working here, or even kids taking these uh, contests and doing project or meeting these film yeah, directors. You never know. You never know, no. and it's it's you know Tarantino famously talked about working a video store and how much it changed his life too. So, you know, um, I, I'm sure people who owned the place previously are nice, but the way you're running it, I think you're not just entertaining them, but you're creating future. Yeah. artists and talent and um, you know how many theater could say they actually have Robert Redford and Francis Ford Coppola <laughs> you know what I mean like a Coppola I mean for me I, I, I still can't I could watch Godfather it doesn't matter if it's on TV I'll start watching it and it doesn't matter if it's a halfway point I know exactly what's going on and conversation and then you know apocalypse now all the great movies he's done it's just all of those movies are wonderful and and um 
but his his first work and his later work are you know they're they're not as much talked about but rumblefish the conversation um tetro you know from a visual and sound standpoint are probably one of the two that movie tetro if you haven't seen it that's that's incredible it's all black and white actually mm -hmm. done in sepia tone and then there's these moments of technicolor that really vivid greens and red and the music is operatic and um it's just such a powerful movie these visions are like seared into your brain so his genius it just blows me away i mean just really blows me away any other famous people before we jump to oscar <laughs> any amusing uh, anecdote you know, I, I try to think. I mean, we've got people that are connected in different industries. Um, Ray Manzarek, before he passed away, was a regular at the Cameo that Theater. That makes me sad because I'm a huge Doors fan. And um... Well, I'll tell you a sad story, but, but a, a special story. So when the Cameo was going to turn 100 and I would found the silent film, um, I asked Ray, I said, Ray, would you write a musical score Oh, and perform no. it live for our hundredth birthday. Ray said no. And he was he was in the lobby. I said, Ray, when will anybody ever ask you in all the things you've done in your life and accomplished, who's ever gonna ask you to write a silent film score? He said, Okay, Kathy. <laughs> so I gave him a copy of the movie and he was working on it and um it was um it was a year ago. It was in um end of March. Um, he called, we had a conversation cause one, I, you know, I, I leave Ray alone, but I want to make sure that we're going to have this. And, um, he'd been working on it. He said he'd put some riffs from the Doors songs in oh, there man. and he was starting to write some stuff for the ending. And then, um, then I got a, a phone call from him and, um, it said it was very to the point and, uh, it said, um, Death trumps the concert, and he just got diagnosed um, with cancer, um, uh, liver duct cancer, and he said, I don't think I'll be here for the concert. And um, he wasn't. I mean, he was still alive. He was um, in treatments, and um, but he wasn't able to perform, and that's sad. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, but he was... He and Dorothy, uh, great couple. Uh, he actually did an event here at the Cameo for me one time um, with the music doc on the doors and um, did a Q&A afterwards and, you know, shared some of his stories and, you know, some of his tours and that. And again, a gracious, incredible human being. And um, yeah, yeah. There's a documentary that was done, a, a short thing called Napa Valley Dreams that came out uh, last year, um, and it has an interview with him, and he's playing, and uh, Ray was a great guy, so that was one of my sad stories, but but he's he's here. So there's a, like I said, there's a lot, the, Robert Mondavi, the godfather of wine, w this was his movie theater, and I had the pleasure of uh, being around him until he passed away, so you know, when I think back, there's so many stories and you know, go, oh, yeah, that did happen. Oh, yeah. So I don't know. I just look for tomorrow. It's 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 a great business, but also you, it sounds like you have many satisfying mm. experiences, you know. This place has filled my heart, um, you know, and, and um, 
you know, I always sign off going see at the movies and, and, you know, I can walk down the streets. I did it. Uh, I was walking home um, about a year ago past one of the elementary schools and a little boy runs out. He goes, hey, Kathy, see you at the movies. <laughs> and then I went, I'm Jason, my son was walking. He goes, you're floating on cloud nine right now, aren't you? I go, yeah, yeah I am. So it's great. Yeah. So, um, I, I, we, how about we finish with sure. Oscar? You were right about that documentary you were talking about. I keep forgetting. I, 20 I, Feet from Stardom. Yeah, you're oh, raving about it. I love that story. What and a I great know, story. And I know you, you guys played the Oscar on your screen that yep. night. We do an Oscar party. Um, it's for a benefit for the uh, family centers, which um, primarily help um, Hispanic families. And um, we roll out the red carpet. Um, it, uh, the family centers do a fundraiser. They do food and wine, and um, people dress up. We had, a, we had a wonderful husband and wife team. She came dressed as Sandra Bullock in a full astronaut suit. And she had... Uh, That's a huge commitment. Oh, yeah, yeah, she did. And she had uh, another uh, astronaut that was a balloon, and she had it tethered to her, and she would run through the theater like that was George tethered to her. <laughs> <laughs> and her husband came as a caveman from Crudes. So uh, it was fun. We had a lot of American Hustle people. And, you know, I pretty much called the Oscars uh, right. Um, I will say, though, that um, August Osage County is a phenomenal movie and all the actors and supporting actors in that are incredible and i was really excited that matthew won for dallas Ballers club he, he he was great but i i, I really feel baffled with dicaprio because because oh. you know he, he has so much things going for him so and uh, maybe academy factoring and maybe the subject matter and the the, the he, he picks edgy stuff yeah, yeah leonardo and but his that was in my opinion his best role ever. I, I agree with you. I thought the wolf was incredible. Yeah. For us to watch it to be entertained and and almost sympathizing uh, such an unlikable person who was a really horrible person really, mm. um, it, it was tremendous. And Jonah Hill's boy, I I really enjoyed <laughs> I really enjoyed him in that. Yeah, it, it it was good. People were like flabbergasted that. Nobody lives like that, but yeah, it does happen. Yes. Yeah. And um, what was the document Inside Job? If you watch that documentary, tell mm -hmm. you. That, oh yeah, yeah, Inside Job was a great doc. Great yeah. film, and they basically said in the movie, the part of your brain where you uh, sense pleasure from cocaine was the same spot where you take risk in buying stocks. You know, they <laughs> yeah. were they were high the whole time. Oh so yeah. I, I could believe. But it's the you, adrenaline rush. But th you told me like you you have to balance two things because you're you're you are in business so you have to make money, but there's you you have an obligation to art too. But that movie was tough for you, wasn't it? Because did you tell me like some people are offended they have to leave middle of the movie? There's and there's a lot of movies um, that um, that movie in particular somebody walked out every show, um, they couldn't get past the first half hour and. Um, you know, it's like I said, and I, I say, you got to stay with it. That movie has a lot to offer. And, so, you know, but the same thing with 12 Years a Slave. I had people walk out of that, you know, when the whipping For different reason, obviously. Yeah, whipping scene. So, you know, you never know where people's thresholds are. And, um, you know, if they can stick with it, you know, they can get the overall story. 
Um, but and some people have come back to see it in in you know they ask me now will you bring it back well now it's on to, we're on to new movies it's mm-hmm. a new year so you know not so much i loved great beauty i'm glad it won the foreign film i thought it was such a beautiful oh. it, it really is visually beautiful movie stunning, to watch stunning movie yeah yeah i i love movies i i got to say i just love them yeah uh, was there any movie like last year you know this year's oscar that surprised you in any ways like you sh- you thought they should have won or they shouldn't have won or overrated or underrated um you know i actually thought uh all is lost robert redford's movie was a, a hard movie to make because it was all him basically it's just stuck fa- in the ocean right yeah. it's, it's face shots of him for two hours and he did an incredible job. Um, I know that Nebraska appealed to a lot of uh, people. Um, I think the fact that it was done in black and white. Uh, Alexander Payne. Yeah, Alexander Payne uh, really helped that movie along. You know, I was disappointed August Osage. I, the critics did not like it. There was a lot of comparison to the play. That drives me crazy. You cannot compare a movie to a play. It never works. You have to look at what's the material. Sure. And you cannot fault those performances. Meryl Streep, she is one of those uh, professionals in her um, career that loses herself in every character she does. You don't see Meryl Streep. Now, I love George Clooney. There's not a woman on the planet that doesn't love George. But George is that a glam Hollywood actor in my opinion you know you always know it's George Clooney where Meryl Streep just loses herself um, and I think Matthew McConaughey everything he's touched as he gets older he gets better and better and better and I can't wait to see what he does next I like him because it's almost like he's one of those guys think his good looks is hindrance almost you know Pe- people forget how good of an actor he's been oh. from days and confused what 22 years ago oh on. yeah yeah, and he's had some incredible roles, um, but yeah, I'm ready for him to put back on some of his weight. He got that was scary watching that. Yeah, scary looking. Hey, and and I know last night when I was talking to your son, you finally finished True Detective. Wow. Oh my God, what a great series! Great series. I'd I'd love to see it on the big screen. Um, uh, man, Woody Harrelson and and Matthew McConaughey. If anybody hasn't watched that, you need to to watch True Detective. It's it's spellbinding. Yeah. Maybe next year before season two starts, maybe <laughs> you have a one night where you play the whole seven, eight oh, episodes. Yeah. Like a marathon. Yeah. Yeah. That would be fun. I, I you know, I, that's the best thing about having a theater. You can do pretty much anything you want. You know, you get to pick and choose, and that's what I like. So, um, what's your, what's your plan? I know you have a lot of events coming up this year, but where wh- where would you like to be in like five years from now? You know, of course, you want to keep showing the movies that you want to show. But um, um, well, is there any is there anything that a listener could do to help you or suggest you? You know what I say to listeners: um, support these little theaters. They're all around the country. Yep, you can go home and you can watch it on your computer or you can get it on demand. Um, But this is history. This is Americana. This is what separates us. You know, the European and the Asian theaters are packed. Everybody goes to the movies. Bring back that tradition. Take a friend, take a date, take your family. I just say keep going to the movies. 
that's you know that's a basic thing and and support the little theaters they 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 have a lot to bring and offer you and um and you're you're open to suggestions, right? Like if they say like, "Hey, we would like to see these kinds of movies." Well, people yeah. send me. You know, the the great part is people send me requests. But a lot of my patrons go to the festivals, Telluride, Toronto, uh, you know, L.A., and they'll say, "Oh my God, we saw this movie, Kathy. Can you watch it?" And and I'll 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 track it in and um, you know I I take suggestions. Um, I think that hmm. I've I've instilled trust in that my audience when I bring in a movie that they haven't seen advertised on TV, which happens a lot with these small independent. They go, well, there must be a reason why Kathy brought it in, and you know I I have to say, I don't think I picked too many lemons, and um, you know I'm, but I'd say if I could tell your audience one thing, take a movie night, take yourself to the movie. You know, keep that tradition alive. We don't want theaters to close. No, we want them to stay open. Yeah. And, th- and a couple more things, quick. Um, you you also said that the 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 community love movies with. Uh, oh, uh, the English. English. Yeah, this demographic. Well, what, 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 what's, what's the theory on that? Um, I'm not sure, but anything, or French films, but I would say mostly English films. Anything that's a period piece, they love they come to i mean i i tried to do uh there was a special a few theaters across the country that could show downton abbey on its uh kickoff and um unfortunately they limit in the bay area how many theaters so i couldn't get it but you know anything that we have done that uh has english history or an english film just brings out the audience of drivers or if you have judy dench or um, um, Helen Mirren those you know as I said my audience demographics are you know a little bit older and um, they love those kind of movies I bet they like uh, Kira Knightley's period pieces right oh yeah, yeah. well they, we have a new movie Belle coming out soon uh, we just had Invisible Woman story of Charles Dickens mistress um, yeah yeah those are all special and my last question is, I don't know how the procedure, like when you make requests, how does that work? Like uh, To get a movie? Yeah, or do they say if you get one of our movies, you have to take three of our other movies? I mean, what's... Uh, they don't, but they they tell me um, how many days it has to play. I try to only have a movie for a week. Art films I'll show only um, you know a couple of days and then move on to another one so that I can give variety. Um, most of the time I can't get a movie on opening week mm-hmm. i usually have to wait three to four weeks um some studios well, why, why is that they're just so you can't get transformer four or five whatever the number do you oh think? no I, i'll only be able to bring that in four or five weeks off of when it opens and i'll bring it in as a family film because hmm. it wouldn't play here solid for for a week or two the only movies i've brought in for a couple weeks was um um the the batman ramen um I'm going brain dead, sorry, um, series and Harry Potter. I brought those in for a couple weeks because they cross age age barriers. You know, they go from young to old um, in those stories. And so those those will play uh, Iron Man, those kind oh, of movies, sure. you know. Um, so, you know, Robert Downey Jr. is definitely a factor in those. Um, but, but there's not a whole lot. Also, Woody Allen movies. Woody Allen movies play really, really oh, well. Oh, I bet. Yeah, everybody loves his movies. His movies are that's yeah. demographic for sure. Yeah. Watch a movie and have a wine right afterward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So we just pick and choose what works. 
Well, thanks for doing, but I, I want to make sure people know your, um, how do you contact, like your website. What's your website? Cameocinema.com, and it's C-A-M-E-O, cinema, C-I-N-E-M-A.com. And what's the address here in uh, St. Helena, California? We're on Main Street. It's 1340 Main Street, and it's St. Helena. And, um, yeah, so come and check out and say hi to Kathy. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing another one, hopefully, maybe at the end of the year. I want to do one next year where... You see most of the Oscar-nominated film. I'm curious. We should do one where I, I ask what you, which movies you like, which one you think you're going to oh, want yeah, Oscar. I, I want to do yeah, that. Yeah. And uh, that'll be fun. And definitely want to come and watch Oscar night here. So well, We have special guests this Saturday night. Will Forte is here uh, oh, with wow. his new movie, Run and Jump, which is an Irish film. So the director and Will will be here doing a Q&A. So on your website, it will mention like special events, who's mm-hmm. going to be here. Yep. See, the people have to check your website. And, yep, um, they have to go to the website. And do you have a Facebook or Twitter account or anything? Yep, I do have a Facebook, and it's Cameo Cinema. Okay. And uh, I do have some, uh, one of my staff is doing a Twitter, or is tweeting out to people, so, but I can't answer that question for you. Okay. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening, Kathy. Thanks, and uh, thanks, I, can't, I, I can't wait to do another one. Hopefully, um, I'm sure we'll have a lot of amusing story for at the <laughs> end of the year. At the end of the year, middle of the year, yes, we will. And thanks for listening, and uh, thanks, Marie, and uh, we'll see you guys soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>